Chapter Twenty One of the Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Debbie R. Baker Robinson. The Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods by Herbert Carter. The Little Fire Bow Does Its Work at Last. Oh, what is it, Giraffe? exclaimed bumpus in a quavering voice i told you i could do it only give me time and i'll figure the old thing out i said and i have cried the exultant giraffe why it's burning gasped the other staring at the tiny flame that was playing hide-and-seek in the midst of the dry tinder that had so long awaited its coming sure it is anybody with one eye could see that giraffe sent back about as happy a fellow as the sun ever shone on because his long endurance test had in the end met with such grand success hey what's the matter bumpus get a move on and collect some stuff to add to this before the thing goes out on me lively boy lively with you while i shield it with my hands he hugged the little blaze with his body and hands while bumpus dropping the now useless gun eagerly gathered a lot of dry pine needles and made a pile of them close to his chum oh glory bully for you giraffe you're the scout who can stick to a thing like a plaster don't it look good though cried the shorter lad but the fire maker would not let him loiter presently there was no longer any dread of the fire burning out and both of the scouts could get busy collecting fuel dead branches were in demand and fortunately enough there happened to be plenty of the same close by so that without much effort they were able to get quite a heap near the fire now let's sit down and warm up a bit suggested bumpus although truth to tell he was at that moment perspiring from his recent exertions and if you want to talk about eating now bumpus you're quite welcome the taller scout went on to say with a grin because there's something to it we've got the birds and we've got the fire to cook em by who said I couldn't start a fire by sawing at my fiddle till I burst a blood vessel? Wasn't it Davy Jones? Well, you can just tell him for me next time you see him, Bumpus, that he was all wrong. Why, it's just as easy as falling off a log, or that is, after you know how. Shall we start in plucking the feathers off these birds, Giraffe? Might as well, if we mean to eat em. And speaking for my own feelings, I want to say that a partridge go mighty well about now yum yum get busy with one and i'll tackle the other both boys knew how to do the job of plucking the birds and soon had the feathers flying both of them were feeling a thousand percent better than before and bumpus even hummed as he worked giraffe's thoughts very naturally kept along the line of his recent triumph he had labored so long and against such a handicap that he might well be excused for feeling proud of his success good little bow he muttered you did the business all right didn't you the trouble was i didn't just know how to handle you but i've got it down pat now and i'll never forget again never wonder what the boys'll say when they hear about it and bumpus it came in right pat didn't it i should say it did giraffe replied the other enthusiastically when we didn't have a single match night here cold as the dickens wolves howling pretty soon and no way of cooking these plump partridges why if you'd gone and arranged all the particulars i don't believe you could have had it hit us at a better time it's just great that's what 
and the cream is on you bumpus shucks who cares for that why a little while ago i'd given all the spending money i expect to get as my share of the rewards for returning those lost bank papers for just one little penny box of matches why i'll be only too happy to treat the whole crowd six times over after this there my bird's done giraffe same here and now how are we going to cook em the other scout remarked bumpus looked at him rather blankly that's so he observed we ain't got a sign of a frying pan have we but there must be a way of cooking em by keeping the birds close to the fire all old hunters cook their game that way and don't you remember bumpus tad and step hen took sticks and stuck em in the ground with chunks of venison on the other end step said it was just prime well what's to hinder our trying that same old game but the partridges are too big and heavy they won't ever cook through objected the fat scout doubtfully all right i guess now we can manage to slice the same in half giraffe continued hopefully i've done the job for my folks at home more than a few times when they wanted to broil a spring chicken for some sick person we'll have our game broiled bumpus see sure we will and while you're about it with that big bladed knife of yours giraffe give mine a rip down the back so i can split it open it's easy to see you know how tad and allen ain't got so very much on you when it comes to doing things by this artful flattery did bumpus manage to get his bird divided he spread it out carefully and then started a hunt for the long sticks by means of which the bird was to be held in a proper position before the hot fire after considerable waste of energy they finally managed after a fashion to get the birds placed so that they received a fair portion of the heat that came out of the fire several times the sticks either broke or else failed to hold properly so that the game fell into the ashes to be hastily rescued and wiped off before again being put over the fire the minutes dragged and to the hungry scouts it seemed as though the two partridges had tantalized them long enough they gave forth an odor that was positively appetizing and finally giraffe just could not stand it another minute say they must be done by now he remarked eyeing his bird ravenously they look pretty brown remarked bumpus though that may come from the scorching they got each time they dipped in the red-hot ashes but i feel just like you do giraffe and if you say the word it's a go at that the tall scout started to savagely tear at one half of his bird and not to be outdone the other boy copied his example perhaps at home they would have complained long and loudly because the cook had sent food to the table only half done but then circumstances alter cases and sitting there by their lonely campfire under the pines and hemlocks those two boys munched away and nodded toward each other in a suggestive way that told how much they were enjoying it what if the meat was far from being well cooked did not those who knew say that game should never be browned and as for the gray ash that still clung to the outside of each bird why the wood was sweet and clean that it came from and every fellow has to eat his peck of dirt sometimes or other they understood and so they kept persistently at it until nothing but the bones remained of the two partridges and each boy was sighing because like alexander of old there were no more worlds to conquer that was just prime declared bumpus and to think that i shot the dandy birds too so you owe your fine supper to me giraffe i do eh 
chuckled the other. How about the fire? Tell me that. How them same birds tasted raw. You wouldn't have liked them as much, I reckon. So you see, after all, Bumpus, honors are about even. You supplied the game, and I fixed up the fire. Better call it a drawn battle and end it. All right, just as you say. But the only trouble I can see is they wasn't near big enough to fit in with my capacity. There's a vacuum still under my belt, even if I don't feel faint any longer. Oh, I guess we can hold out now till morning, said Giraffe. Then we'll take our bearings again and make another start for the camp. And perhaps some of them might just be out looking for us right now, and seeing this bright fire, they'll head this way. So we'll act like we're having the time of our lives. And don't you ever go and let on that we felt scared, even a little bit, here now? Bumpus, having a little pride of his own, readily promised. Besides, now that they had partaken of a very good supper, and had that bright and cheery fire to keep them company during the remainder of the cold night, things looked vastly different, so that it was hard to believe he had ever shivered and groaned as he contemplated their forlorn condition. They sat there, talking about various things for quite a little time. Once or twice Bumpus fancied he heard some sort of sound in the woods that caused him to send a quick glance toward where he had laid his trusty marlin down. But then, as Giraffe did not seem to pay any attention to the noise, he soon forgot it. But there came a time when both of them plainly heard a cough. Giraffe grinned and nodded his head. The boys are coming all right, he said, as if pleased. Just like I said they'd be apt to do. Now, just sit where you are, Bumpus, and make out to be as happy as a king. We'll make them believe we're quite at home at this sort of thing. And the only thing we're sorry for is that we can't offer em a nice hot bird apiece. Look pleasant now. Presently, they caught what sounded like the low murmur of voices, and they seemed to be approaching, too. It did not occur to the two scouts that the parties were coming from a direction opposite to the camp where their chums had been left, partly because they had not the remotest idea where that same camp lay. Now they could hear the swishing of bushes, as though the newcomers were not very particular about how they walked. Then it must be Stephen or Davy Jones who made all the noise, because they were greenhorns, and did not know how to walk noiselessly. I can see him coming, remarked Bumpus, who happened to be sitting in a position that allowed of his using his eyes. Remember now what I told you. Just be feeling as fine as silk as if this camp business was an old story with us. And to further the deception, Giraffe started to stretch his arms and yawn at a tremendous rate. Bumpus did not answer, and thinking this a little strange, the tall scout turned his eyes that way. He discovered that Bumpus was staring as though his eyes would almost pop out of his head. That, of course, made Giraffe twist his long neck halfway around so that he might share in what had aroused his companion to such a state of excitement. And Giraffe also experienced a decided thrill when he saw two men come half-staggering into camp, who, from their looks, he knew must be Cy Kedge and Ed Harkness, the rough and lawless game poachers and bullies of the Pine Woods. End of chapter 21